0: Psalm chapters 87 and 88. Psalm chapter 87, verse 1. By Sons of Korah. A Psalm, a Song. In a lot of chapters it says both a song and a psalm. Psalm means melody, and a song can include both melody and harmony. I suppose a lot of these lyrics are written for a specific melody, and maybe the harmony is optional, or it could change. His foundation is in holy mountains. And the Lord does live on high, so it makes sense to say that his foundation is in holy mountains. There's also Mount Sinai, where he gave us the law, and then there was the two mounts, one of cursing and one of blessing, which were also representing the law. And then there's multiple verses saying that Zion is on a hill and that the Lord's habitation is on a hill. And that's why I believe that wherever the Lord's throne room is in heaven, I believe it's most likely on a hill. 2. Jehovah is loving the gates of Zion above all the tabernacles of Jacob. Jehovah loves Zion more than any other place in Israel, and Zion is where Jerusalem is. That's his designated city. It always has been, and it always will be. There is a new Jerusalem coming, where Jesus will reign for a thousand years. Jerusalem on earth represents heaven. 3. Honorable things are spoken in thee, O city of God, Selah. The honorable things spoken would be the praise to him and his law. For I mention Rahab and Babel to those knowing me, Lo, Philista, and Tyre, with Cush, this one was born there. This is a prophetic verse referring to the day of Pentecost, because Pentecost was one of the three feasts of the year where all Jews were required to go to Jerusalem. And that's why when the apostles and the 120 disciples spoke in tongues, they were speaking in the languages of all the Jews who had come from the surrounding countries to participate. And that's why there were so many people there of different languages and everybody who heard them was hearing one of those disciples or apostles speaking in his or her own language. And this was a great miracle from the Holy Spirit being mentioned here in this verse. People from Rahab, which is a name for Egypt. People from Babel, which is one of the pagan lands, because they were kind of kidnapped and sent to Babylon during King Zedekiah's time. And then there were Jews from Philistia and Tyre and Cush, which is Ethiopia. This verse is prophetic about Pentecost and how people of different languages who were Jews heard the voice of the Lord in Zion, which is Jerusalem. 5. And of Zion, it is said, each one was born in her, and he, the Most High, doth establish her. The Lord established Zion, which is in Jerusalem, and the born-again life began in Jerusalem on that day of Pentecost. I believe the apostles were actually born again when Jesus blew the Holy Spirit into them before he ascended. But to that point, nobody else had that born-again life. But after the apostles prayed with other disciples, 120 of them altogether, then all of them during that time became born again, and then when Peter gave his speech on that day to all the naysayers, 3,000 more became born again. 6. Jehovah doth recount in the describing of the peoples, This one was born there, Selah. Jesus was not born in Jerusalem, but the born-again life to Christians occurred in Jerusalem. So I think it's prophesying that. Now, this is also kind of speaking of King David, because he was born in the area of Jerusalem. Seven singers, also as players on instruments, all my fountains are in thee. And that concludes Psalm chapter 87. Psalm chapter 88, verse 1. A song, a psalm, which means melody, by sons of Korah to the overseer. The Sons of Korah, which is a music writing company within the Temple, they have produced this song for the director of music. Concerning the Sickness of Afflictions and Instruction by Heman the Ezraite. Heman was an Israelite who was specifically appointed to be one of the leaders among the choir and orchestra. O Jehovah, God of my salvation, daily I have cried, nightly before thee. And also, this is the only song in Psalm that's attributed to Heman. And it says he's crying unto the Lord. This song is called Sickness of Afflictions. An affliction is like a trial or a test that you go through. It sounds like he's actually been made sick because of some test in his life. Two, my prayer cometh in before thee, incline thine ear to my loud cry. To incline is to bend over, so it's kind of like a father bending down to hear what his child is saying. Heman is saying, bend down and listen to me, and hear me crying to you. This is a supplication. 3. For my soul hath been full of evils, and my life hath come to Sheol. In the Bible, evil usually simply means bad. What you and I would call bad, the Bible calls evil most of the time. Sometimes evil can be malicious, and in that case it would be a demonic evil or a sin that somebody is committing. But here it just means, many bad things are coming to me, and I'm about ready to die. 4. I have been reckoned with those going down to the pit. I have been as a man without strength. We've heard this before several times in the Old Testament. 5. Among the dead free as pierced ones lying in the grave whom thou hast not remembered anymore. Yea, they by thy hand have been cut off. He's creating imagery of those who have fallen in battle. Because to be pierced is to be pierced by a sword. And it says they've been cut off, which means they've been killed. It's like it saying, I'm in a sea of dead bodies on the battlefield. Our battle is to resist sin. The wounds that we get in this battle are from the times where we did not resist sin. 6 Thou hast put me in the lowest pit, in darkest places, in depths. This is talking about hell, but it's a metaphor, and it's saying that my life is like a living hell. 7 Upon me hath fury lain, and with all thy breakers thou hast afflicted, Selah. Rephiem is another word for people who are dead. He's repeating himself, saying, Will a dead man rise and praise you? That's how he's begging for the Lord to save his life. 11. Is thy kindness recounted in the grave, thy faithfulness in destruction? This is a common trope in the Old Testament where somebody will tell the Lord, Save my life so that I can praise you. Evidently, this is a legitimate argument to the Lord that you and I can use as well. If you're in dire straits, you can tell him, Save my life so that I can keep praising you and keep testifying of your goodness to other people. But then we have to fulfill our promise and praise the Lord when he does save our lives. We need to tell people. 12. Are thy wonders known in the darkness and thy righteousness in the land of forgetfulness? And again, he's just continuing to say, Can dead people praise you? The answer is no. They can't praise him on earth anyway, where all of the living people can hear, and that's very important. The Lord isn't going to save us just because he wants us to praise him. He gets pleasure from knowing that we are saved and that we're going to live forever. He wants to save us for his own glory. It's really sad when people don't repent and turn to the Lord because that's what he wants. He doesn't really want anyone to perish. 13. And I, unto thee, O Jehovah, I have cried, and in the morning doth my prayer come before thee. He even wakes up in the morning to pray to the Lord. This song really sounds like he's praying for himself, going through a terrible battle with his own sin. 14. Why, O Jehovah, cast thou off my soul? Thou hidest thy face from me. If we keep ignoring the Lord long enough, he'll eventually turn away from us. He still is over our lives and he will rescue us when we repent and call to him, but he won't have a conversation with us if we're only giving him lip service until we actually need help. If we ignore him all the time except when we want something, why should he take the time to talk to us? 15. I am afflicted and expiring from youth. I have borne thy terrors, I pine away. He says, even from when I was young, you afflicted me. From the time we're young, we just sin over and over and over. A lot of times we have to be punished multiple times before we finally learn. 16. Over me hath thy wrath passed. Thy terrors have cut me off. Again, that sounds like waves of discipline passing over him, and God's wrath is pretty terrible. But it's because he loves us. It's better to go through the heat now and learn from it, than to end your life without repenting. 17. They have surrounded me as waters all the day. They have gone round against me together. This also is imagery of somebody drowning in the water. 18 Thou hast put far from me, lover and friend, mine acquaintance is the place of darkness. David also said this very thing. He said that his lovers and his friends wouldn't have anything to do with him. And David did literally have lovers because he had a concubine. Heman could have been writing this song as a reflection of what he thought David had gone through. Or it could be a remake of one of David's old songs, because it sure does sound a lot like the lyrics to songs that David wrote. Maybe Heman wasn't really comfortable writing lyrics, and so his only attempt was doing a remake of one of King David's old songs. But anyway, he still gave it his effort. When we use our gifts for the Lord, as long as we give it an effort and we do it in faith, that's all that counts. It doesn't matter if we do it better than so-and-so. That's irrelevant to God. He just wants to see us stepping out in faith. And that concludes Psalm chapter 88.